I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hey, folks. <laughs> April was just cracking me up before. I was singing a nice little song yeah. about going number two. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you still call it number two. Thank you, number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're a little delirious. We're in San Diego we're on a business trip. Our flight was delayed by three hours. so it feels We like could have driven down here. And it feels like we traveled <laughs> all day to get... Uh, like it was an hour really only an hour flight but it traveled kind of all day yeah it was we had just one glass of wine at the airport and now we're now we, we're having you bought a bottle of margins wine yes and um i really want to give um megan a shout out because this new release uh she just released her fall two two fall wines uh and if y'all aren't on her mailing list she doesn't send out very many newsletters. It's probably maybe one or two a year because I'm on the list. And she just sent out um, a an email about her new releases. So there's a Mouved, Mouvedre. Um, it's really good. It's so good. We're drinking it right now. And then there's a Cab Franc that we also have had. And remember, if you use the code Shameless uh, X10, it is a 10% discount of three to six bottles. And if you order six or more m- bottles and use the code shamelesssex15, you'll get 15%. And that's exclusively for our listeners at Shameless Sex because this wine is, I just want to say, it's one of the best wines that I've drank in a long time. Like, and I, how often do I drink wine at restaurants and things? Often. Often. <laughs> often. Is that code shamelesssex10 and 15? Is that in all caps? It is. It's in all caps. And Good to know. It doesn't expire. So if you bought three or maybe you buy one uh, and then you want to buy another you know, round, um, it doesn't expire. So uh, it might. Uh, we haven't talked about it. So use it if you're listening to this. Use it ASAP. Uh, because Megan perhaps will put an expiration on it. And she runs out of wine, by the way. This mm-hmm. is her first batch that she's had um, in a long time. She was out for a while. So get it while it's good. And w- tell them tell them about what you love about the wine, Amy. Because you like a lot of things about it. I, I just, I mean, I just love it. This is my first time trying this exact one. What is it called again? Mouvedre. Mouvedre, yeah. It's really good. I'm not very good at describing wine. Like well, how would you describe it, though, if you could? I said I'm not very good at it. I know, but try uh, it's delicious. Nice. Tastes like grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like fermented. It's grapes. really good. No, it's it's really good. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I don't have the words. I get berries. It's very fruit forward, but it has a smooth finish, and a lot of wine tasting is about the aroma. Did you know that? Yes. You, you, uh, and you they do smell a- different from like the different parts of the glass where you put up to your nose, right? Yes, and that's why you swirl kind of to release a lot yeah. of the, And I'm not a wine expert by any means. I do not consider myself a wine expert. I have tasted wine in many different countries from Israel to Chile to France to all over the U.S. And uh, I would say that 
what I've learned is swirling the wine in your glass kind of helps the um, the aromas of the wine release and it kind of aerates the wine to give it um, its full body that mm. it's capable of because it's all bottled up and dark for a while. It's delicious. There's a, a really great documentary. And if you ever are just bored and watching Netflix, watch uh, Psalm. It's about sommeliers and um, it's actually really entertaining. I think you'd enjoy it. Thanks. Yeah. What Why else? Not? Well, what else? So this this episode, we're going to talk about female ejaculation. Squirting. Mm. I have myself Ooh. a fascinator now. Oh, the waterproof Thank blanket? Thank you to Peer Pleasure. Thank you, Peer Pleasure. Oh, yeah, was that your birthday or Christmas present? One of the two. I think it was a little bit of both. However, um, I love it. and I Hanukkah. Hanukkah. I used it on my couch the other day because I didn't want to get snail trails on there. And it worked out quite nicely. I love the term snail trails. It looks like little snail trails, like a banana slug when trail. When you scoot your, your vag all along the, <laughs> this, the green couch. I'm not a dog, Amy. I don't scoot along <laughs> the couch. <laughs> a dog with worms. Dishes! Yeah, the fastener is awesome. It's a waterproof blanket. You can pour like a whole cup of water on it and the water doesn't seep through. And then you can just throw it in the wash when you're done using it. So it's designed for squirting female and it's ejaculation. It's a really soft material. Mm. It feels really good. It's luxurious. Luxurious. And it's you like can a luxurious waterproof blanket. You can get a different colors. I think you have an, a Pure Pleasure has it in purple, black. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what they have in stock in this very moment, but we often have them. But yeah, it's on the website if you go to purepleasureshop.com and our listeners get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps. And with that said, this is the last episode of August, I believe, I think. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if so, then it's the last it's anal August. episode of Anal August, our favorite month ever. Hooray. I just taught an Anal 101 class, a free one at Pure Pleasure. How was it? It was fucking awesome. It's my favorite thing to teach because the topic just makes people super nervous. And and but this this group was awesome. They were all laughing and asking questions. Usually it's kind of crickets out there because like oh my god, so I've sat through I think two or three of your anal classes. I've learned a lot and when I when I sit in your classes, you've been in that many of my anal classes. I have because we've been on the road and you've taught at different shops before, like one in Ohio. I think you did one down south. Uh, So yes, I have. I get new information every time I go. Well, now you're good at the ass. Now I'm like ass pro. She's a pro at the ass. And um, actually, I'll just, because it is in August, we're not really recording an ass episode this month. I think we did on episode like 50 or 51, we did a new anal 101 class or episode. Sorry. so It's one of our most listened to episodes, actually. People love their anal. So check it out if you haven't listened to it. It's a universal orifice, man. Everyone has one. I feel like now I can actually even talk more about the ass because i have experience yeah and now you've tried the toys in your own ass tried toys in my butt fingers penis and just one a gerbil i didn't make that plural did you hear one gerbil one penis no i don't that's animal cruelty gerbil in the butt no gerbils no and i have a question for you about gerbils (laughs) (laughs) where is their natural habitat the Amazon? Besides the pet <laughs> store. Like, really. I was thinking about them. Like, where are gerbils actually from? Like, where do they get these? I think they're, they're like little field creatures. I'm not sure. Do you want to Google it? No. Yeah. I want someone to write us and tell us. I wish we were as cool as Joe Rogan and we could just tell someone, hey, go look this up for me. And there's like the assistant that just pulls it up. Speaking gerbils. of assistants, 
Oh, yeah. Wait, I didn't finish my part. Oh, I'm sorry. So anyways, um, <laughs> anal August, everyone. So yes, you always get 15% off at Pure Pleasure with coupon code SHAMUSPP in all caps. But for August, we're doing 20% off of all anal toys. That's plugs, that's beads, that's anything in the anal section. If you click on the anal toy section part of the website, use coupon code, wait for it, wait for it. Uh, Aug Anal 18. That's A U G A N A L in all caps and with the numbers 18 at the end. You use that during checkout. You get 20% off at purepleasureshop.com on anal toys. And our last episode, we talked about some of our faves. But we what would you, what, if you had one bit of anal advice right now to give somebody out there listening that hasn't listened to the episode, just one bit of advice, what would you say about the anus? Go. Always use lube. The yeah. ass does not lubricate itself. Go really slow. If you're the person being penetrated, you should be in control of being the, at least in the beginning until your ass opens up use fingers to relax the anal sphincters muscles and use toys use plugs we love the pl- plugs love the booty plug by the fun factory plug. and it's really affordable the booty plug yeah. is i think 34 dollars. or you can a butt bling too oh, there's yeah. even like stainless With steel like plugs a crystal. that pops out of your butt so you look like your butt is a little princess mm-hmm. my princess ass you can get a um like a My Little Pony rainbow. Ooh, um, yeah, tail. Tail. Oh, yeah. Or like a fox a pig, tail. A pig tail. You get a pig tail. A bunny rabbit. You can get a bunny. Okay, that's Eastern. No bunnies were hurt in no this No bunnies were episode. hurt in the process. Um, yeah, that's a little bit. And then we also have an anal 101 class online at purepleasureshop.com. You can take a whole class. It's like an hour-long class, and you can take it from anywhere at home. Just go to online sex ed. Um what were you going to say? You said you had something very specific. Oh, an intern. Well, we are looking for yeah, an assistant yeah. intern, like an executive assistant. But we would love for somebody that's passionate about our show, about our mission and what we're doing. Hopefully an avid listener. Uh, and you're listening to this right now. Or maybe you're an avid listener that knows of a friend or person that would be interested. Probably a student or someone that has five to eight hours a week maximum to donate to Shameless Sex. It might be less. Um, this position would also um, open up new doors for you. Amy and I do travel. You may be able to travel with us um, paid uh, eventually. And also we would be um, paying you if we love you uh, after we begin to um, be able to expand and explore new ways and avenues to uh, monetize what we're doing, which is a process for all of us. Um, and right now it's all done voluntarily because we love everyone out there in listening land so coming back to it if you are out there and you want to help shameless sex and be our executive assistant slash intern please email us asap and let us know it's really just going to be clerical easy um, organization stuff to begin with Um, and remember both amy and i have great connections amy's a sex educator and i am pretty well involved in the sex toy community so there are endless opportunities for you whoever's listening that's our future intern um, in those realms and we would um, of course help you grow and prosper so yeah putting it out there we need an intern we need an intern and yep they're hope we're preferring someone in Santa Cruz Bay Area that we can meet, but this is true. we're open. We are open. It, it would just be easier because obviously one-on-one time, um, you know, coming over to my house, hanging out, and um, helping us with our projects that we have going on because we are busy. And we're, we're releasing a, a well, there'll be an online workshop 
that Amy and I are working on. We're, We're done filming it. However, we are editing it now and making it perfect. So it's an in-depth online workshop, and we'll tell you more about that when it's ready. But we're thinking a launch date of October for that. It's just a lot editing, so we're working on that right now as well. Exciting. So exciting. Should we do a sex question? Let's do a sex question. But tell me, oh, what is the most, just a quick Cliff Notes version, the most exciting thing that's been happening in your sex life in the last month? Well, I'll say this. We had to abstain from sex because we were doing this retreat, obviously. Oh, yeah. We did a retreat together. We did a retreat together. um, And my partner was also involved in the retreat, so we couldn't have sex for five. I think we did six days. Um, No masturbation either. So we like rubbing your genitals against things because you're so horny. I actually became really turned off. Like, oh. I was just out of my head and I was really focused on just uh, my inner workings and doing affirmations and focused on me and my spiritual growth. So I was not sexual. I didn't even think about sex really. Mm. Um, it became interesting how I just turned it off because I have never done that before. Yeah. Uh, and he did as well. So. We definitely, you know, we sleep naked, so we would, and we always spoon, so like it was there. And he woke up with like a raging boner one day, and I was like, "Oh hey, oh hey!" It was just but morning wood, you know. It wasn't induced by anything, but we were just like kind of laughing about it. Uh, so that being said, we had really intense, connected, really great sex for the first time when well when we're recording this today. It was yesterday, mm. um, and. Oh, no. Was it this morning? Same, same. It's been a long day. It has been a long day. I felt like it was yesterday, but it might. I think it was, it was this morning. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. It does feel like it was yesterday. It's, it's been a long day. It's true. <laughs> so this morning, and it was really beautiful. And it was, I'd have to say, some of the most spiritually connected sex, morning sex, that I've ever had. And it was Ooh, really... Post-retreat morning sex. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was uh, really... I felt so great just to connect with my partner on another level. And it was very pleasurable as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I I would say that that was something that was different for both of us. And I don't know if it was the, the abstaining. I think it had to do with the retreat and all of the work that we were doing there. Mm-hmm. Because for our listeners out there, it's really good to do work on yourself. Once you start doing work on yourself... Um, especially if your partner's on board with also doing work on themselves. Yeah, and you're doing it side by side, which is like a special. Yeah, it was special, and, and we were both on the same level. So that's the most exciting thing. You were talking about sexually, or were you yes. talking about overall? Sex. Yeah, sexually, that's, I think, the coolest, brightest thing that's shining um, for me to tell everyone right now. What about for you? Perfect. Uh, me? Oh, I, my partner and I had really really beautiful connected sex for the first time in a while i mean we've had sex in a while but it just we've been going through a lot a lot a lot a lot of stuff and um a lot of really hard stuff and like a lot of like are we going to do this anymore stuff and so um luckily for us or we're luckily i'll say i'll say luckily because we're both on the same page we can't really have sex with each other when we're not feeling connected um, sometimes the, what happens to people is one partner still like sexes their way, like 
to connect and to you know fuck it out i'm that partner you're that person so yeah you, and and the other person's like well i need connection first that happens often for for my partner and i we both need connection um so or if we do have sex when we're feeling like there's the resentments and in, in things and questions um we can have good sex but it's not usually really great sex because we're so in our process and um, we had some big breakthroughs in our work together and had sex. And it was just r- really, really connected. And I also, um, I was writing him on top and I had my eyes closed. And and then he closed his eyes. And I o- usually open and close my eyes, but I deliberately kept them closed for a, a long time. But I would open them to see if his were still <laughs> open or closed. And they were closed. And so I, and I can just really feel my body when my eyes are closed. And we talked about this before. Like if my eyes are open. I'm like 50% in, 50% out. It's hard for me to focus on what's happening in my body. But by having my eyes closed and I was just like riding him really slowly, like none of that bunny rabbit up and down, just like the pelvis rocking back and forth. Um, and even after I had an orgasm, I kept, and he had an orgasm too, I kept rocking my pelvis even, s- but really slowly with my eyes closed, with my hand on his heart, on his chest. And I had this like really long mini orgasm that just kept going. Hmm. And and then he had his eyes closed too. And he just we just stayed in this connection for a long time. Usually after I have sex, especially if there's like ejaculation going on, it's kinda like you know, after Over. a minute it's like, Okay, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna move, yeah. clean things up. But we just stayed. Hmm. And we stayed for a long time and just like no rush to move, stayed connected, stay with our eyes closed, just stay connected and breathing together. And it just was really sweet and really beautiful. And, and yeah, so it's that good to have great sex again. Sounds <laughs> like we both had spiritual sex. Uh, spiritual I, sex, Can yeah. I share one more thing? Yeah, tell me a story. Won't be a long one. Once upon a time. On our last night that we could have sex, the before the abstaining part came, I did this whole funny little thing because I have a f- drawer full of lingerie from remember when I lived in L.A. and I lived next to um, my neighbor yeah. was would trade me lingerie for sex toys because she was um, in the lingerie industry. So I have all this lingerie with the tags on it. And so I told him I, I'm trying on dresses because I'm going to this wedding in Italy. And I was like, hey, can I do a fashion show for you? And you can tell me which dress I need to wear to this wedding. And he was kind of like, OK, yeah, sure. Like fashion show. So I was like, okay, so I, he left to go do something, like had to leave the house. And then he came back and I was like, are you ready for the fashion show? And I put on like this super slutty piece of lingerie with my best stripper heels. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you think of this to wear to the wedding? And I walked (laughs) down my stairs and he was like, oh, okay. And he was so excited. And then I I had the, uh, I threw down the fascinator blanket on the couch and we had sex in my lingerie and I had these little, he took off my, heels. my little, my, with my stripper heels on, he took off my lingerie with his teeth. Oh, right out of a strip club, girl. That was hot. And then we fully had like a really fun, awesome session. I, I brought down some toys too. I brought down like my, the, you know, the four hog tie system. Uh-huh. I brought down that and I was like, you can pick whatever you want. And I brought down like a blindfold and like a little, um, like a flogger and, um, a few other things and I told him and a couple of toys and I told him he could use whatever he wants on me and I'm like I'm like totally surrendering to all of it mm. it was so fun sounds really fun sounds sick. yes 
And that was, I think like I, re- I recommend anyone out there, even if laundry isn't your thing or, uh, but playfulness, because I laundry, I, I would not say is my thing. I'm pretty, I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty simple. I like to be naked. <laughs> That's about it. I don't really love in a sexual experience to have a lot of things and objects. And I do love toys, but that was so fun mm-hmm. with the laundry. If you want some, you can go through my laundry drawer. I have stuff that the, cause your boobs are much bigger than mine, that the boob, the cups are way too big. And I, I would look like a 12 year old trying to trying wear to mom's laundry. Big but girl bra. Yeah. It still has the, the tags on it and everything. Perfect. So if you want to come over and go through my laundry drawer, so I even have matching eye masks and things with it. Yeah, hey, crotchless panties I for like, days. I wear lingerie, and I just like I'm kind of a hippie, right? Like I kind of no, like you don't say naked and <laughs> um. As, okay, I'm I'm a big comfort person. Like if the laundry is comfortable, I'll wear it. But most of it's not, and that's an uh, issue. What for does me. Esther Perel say about get out of the flannel pajamas? Oh, I don't wear flannel pajamas. I know. I wear but naked. It's a, it's a metaphor. Yes, but I wear naked. Naked is not flannel pajamas. Well, you're gorgeous, beautiful, amazing. And I'm sure you'd rock flannel pajamas. I do not own flannel pajamas. This is not flannel. Okay, you're getting defensive. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at you're <laughs> I'm looking at Ready her, to press her pause. pajamas. You're right looking now. at her right now. I can see you breaking me down with your eyes. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm wearing a onesie right now with my boobs out. Your onesie's sexy though, and but and it looks comfy. See, so something like that, that's really comfortable. Yeah. And and it actually is sexy because your nipples are out right now yeah it's just a little <laughs> big that's why but mm-hmm. anyway i but please go on i didn't mean to interrupt you <laughs> what does esther perel say about <laughs> she's saying she said that she, what, did, what did she say tell our listeners what she says that effort getting sometimes having yourself feel sexy can bring out this new light within like if you're going home every day after work throwing on your flannel pajamas not doing things for yourself to get in that space of of sexiness and playfulness. And we've suggested this on our spicing up your sex life episodes that, um, that can be really a killer. Like the flannel pajamas, she call it's, it's like a, you know, an epidemic of, of a sort because there's this mentality. And I can't remember if it was from the book or one of the episodes that I listened to. I really can't remember because they were all audible. Uh, it was a thing though, the flannel yeah. pajama syndrome. Yeah, the syndrome. Yeah, it's the I'm super comfortable, and I think it also comes with with folks um, having body shame too. Like when their bodies sure. change, they start to wear bigger, baggier clothes to cover things up. Um, so it's kind of they're yeah. so they're like, how do I? Or not? you just had a kid. I mean, this yeah. is a lot of our even our friends that are having children, and mm-hmm. some of yours are as well. You're just a mom and. Yeah. Or a dad, being, and yeah, you're taking you can be care a sexy of mom, like like what Ashley Shakti said on is it Shakti or Shanti Shakti on um, the sex and pregnancy episodes that she was not loving me being categorized as a, the mom. You know, she was like, I want to be a mom and I want to be sexy, and that they can still go hand in hand. But it's part of it is a reframing in your mind, and then also is being comfortable in your skin. And, yeah, um, sometimes that's a process, and even if. You know, you're not comfortable with your body. You can still find p- pieces that look great on you that accentuate your beautiful parts. Like we did on yeah. our S Factor episode where find a bit of your body that you love. Yeah, There's focus something. on that one. Yeah, part. Maybe you love your feet. Maybe you love your knees. Maybe you love your chest. Maybe you love... There's so many things. Your hair. So find what you love and play that part up. My and hair. if you don't love anything about yourself, then look in the mirror and know that you are beautiful. My hair is awesome. 
Yeah, your hair is amazing. You have beautiful green eyes. Thank you. You're really tan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like your six pack. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's see. How about we go into female ejaculation, then we do sex question at the end. Let's switch it like up, it. see what that feels like. Well, that might be hard for our intern later. Oh, sorry, intern. <laughs> well, <laughs> who's not here? The yeah. invisible intern. I'm just looking and looking at them. Intern. I'm manifesting them right now. Okay, well, intern, if you're listening, <laughs> the it's sex, at the end of the episode. The sex question at the end. The well, sex question I, at the end is is more is about um, a long distance relationship and how the couple can continue to navigate. Their sexual connection, um, body changes after a hysterectomy, a hysterectomy at age 22, a young person. Oh, man. Um, and how they can uh, continue to stay connected to their partner as their sex drives have changed. So, um, That's a good one. Yeah. So we'll go over that in a little bit and have some references for retreats and different ways that they can start to work together. But before that, let's talk about some female ejaculation. Fijak. I'm an ejaculator. A squirter. All right, so, so let's first off. So there's squirting and then there's a gushing. Are you more of a gusher or a squirter? I'm a gusher. I know. I heard. You heard? <laughs> <laughs> That's because I slept with your man <laughs> before you were together. Yeah, um, like Amy's a gusher. I'm like, yeah, thank you for telling me that. Yeah. I knew that you were good at producing a lot of fluid because you had told me when you had the blockage. You were I, like, I produce I'm a lot of fluid. I'm kind of back on a blockage fluid. right now, too, oh by the man, way. Oh, man, that's scary for you. Yeah. It's like trauma. Yeah. I'm d- I'm that was back. traumatic for you. I go in and out. I like, I'll go, I go in and out of, of being, having this, like, the floodgates are open and, and it's easy to access through G-spot stimulation. And then I'll go through phases where... Um, it's, I mean, I think a lot of it's like the neural pathways, you know, the, the stories in my brain that say, um, like, it's easy for you to ejaculate. And then I have a couple experiences where it's not, and then it becomes the default for a little while and I go in and out. Um, right now I'm kind of like on an out phase. I'm not a gusher. Yeah. Mine's, um, just Squirty? kind of like, pss, pss, no, pss. it just kind of, um, that's gushing. So oh. f- squirting is the projectile. Oh no, mine's mine You're gushing. Just, it's like little little mini puddles. Yes. Yeah, that's what I do. Oh, see, I thought the gushing was like the full like no, gushers are more like little and I think more more people are gushers. So it's like little bits of fluid coming out. That's what I and yeah. kind of dribbling down the the skin down the thighs. Mine would be like like almost if you're urinating, like, uh, and you're laying on your bed urinating, like that's yeah, what it. But it it's would not like kind a, of it's not a constant flow of urine though. It's more like. No, mine's a constant flow, but it's not a squirt. Like okay. it's not projecting. Okay, but it comes out for mm. a it while. It comes out for yeah. a while. Yeah, okay. And it, w- it it's like a puddle. But it feels different than urination. Completely different yeah. than urination. And it has just, uh, it like almost has no smell and barely any color. Uh-huh. And it sometimes, and we've talked about this before, and I'm sure you'll tell our listeners, sometimes it has a tiny, tiny smell of, like you can smell a little bit of like well, urine. Well, because it comes it. out of, so it comes out of the urethra. So, I mean, it's coming, it's not coming out of the vagina, it's coming out of the urethra. And so, yes, there will be traces of urea in it because... If you've ever peed before, you have urea in your urethra too. So who's, who's Rhea? Urea. Urea. April's Rhea. <laughs> Rhea. Uh oh. Rhea. No, not that one. Oh gosh. So I am a. So I guess I'm a gusher. You're then. a gusher. Then. I was thinking. I was just thinking gusher, like. Like know. old, like old faithful. Yes. Like the geyser. The geyser. <laughs> like oh man. Just explosions. No. Um. 
I think most people are gushers and there are squirters too. And that's what you usually see in porn. Right. And, and squirting when it does the projectile and the same thing with ma- for male ejaculate too. When you see it travel really far, um, it's based on muscle structure. So people have really strong pelvic floor muscles and then they push out when they're ejaculating, they kind of bear down or push out. They can projectile the fluids and this is the same male ejaculate, female ejaculate oh, wow. as well. I've never um, been. I've never seen anyone that's been able to. I've never been with a partner that's been able to, like, really shoot it, shoot a load. I don't I feel like. I think I have seen it before. I'm definitely not that intrigued by it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, well, that's cool. <laughs> and, um, and I have seen a f- like female ejaculation squirting before, but it literally is. It's not like shooting across the room. It's like maybe. Make like a foot or something. And Do you think that? Because um, I have a friend that a, a female friend that uh, is like really accurate when she pees like in the snow and stuff. Like we've been on ski trips and she can like spell her name, like aim and spell her name awesome. in her pee. Do you think she would be like a squirter? Probably. I mean, it sounds like she has really strong muscles. Yeah, it has to be that, and right? She's well practiced in that fine arts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's great. You just spelled your name. Like, well, I'm so proud of you. Well, and this is the thing about like pee, like in terms of urinating, um, there you can actually learn how to pee. Urinate, a female body person can urinate, urinate, learn how to urinate well standing up by just pulling the labia back in the right way. She was doing that. Yeah, so she's just really well mastered in that art. I wonder how she learned that trick. I don't know. She just got bored one day and decided she's going to start practicing writing her name in the snow. Yeah, drinking a lot of fluids. Yeah, but I mean, so for female ejaculation, it's uh, there's a similar thing there in, in like the muscle structure and... If your muscles are weak, then your ejaculation and your orgasms will probably be weak or you'll have less control over them. And if you don't know how your muscles are, like if you're like, I don't know, how do I know if I have a weak or strong pelvic floor? Uh, we did a great episode and actually I've had two friends now that have benefited from the pelvic floor, the health. pelvic floor yeah. doctors yeah. that have examined them um, from frequent urination to um, being too tight to their, their pelvic floor was spasming and they needed to do some relaxation. However, listen to that episode and then figure out and then you can kind of gauge uh, what you're at. It was one of our first top, like maybe 20 episodes, mm. like in, in that range. The pelvic floor health? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember what number. If you go look at pelvic floor health, it, it w- I mean, it's in our, the, it's in the rundown. We it's have so many rundown. episodes now, it's hard. We have a lot of them. We have a lot. Yeah, it's, so, it, fe- so uh, female ejaculation, I'll, t- I'll describe it on it. What the hell is going on? So it's not urine and it's also not not urine because it's coming out of the urethra. So there will be little traces of urea in there, most likely. Um, But fun fact about male ejaculate, same thing. It comes out of the urethra and there's little traces of urea in there, too. But we're not debating if that's real, are we? Because then the patriarchy would be pissed. (laughs) We're not doing that. Um, church, church, <laughs> preach, preach. <Yeah. laughs> and so, um, around the urethra, there is a spongy tissue around it that protects it. And this is the male ejaculate too. It's erectile tissue. You have it around, um, the urethra in a man or in a male body and a urethra in a female body. And also all bodies have it protecting their urethra. Now, what happens when you get aroused is this spongy tissue, this erectile tissue, fills with blood. 
Um, and as it fills with blood, it gets engorged. If you are hydrated, your blood has a lot of water in it. Um, if you're dehydrated, your blood does not. And arousal is actually harder because of that, because there's less fluid to move into your genitals. So say you're really hydrated, you get aroused, so that spongy tissue surrounding the urethra gets a whole bunch of blood. Um, and on a cellular level, the spongy tissue actually absorbs the water out of, or I think they call it diffusing the water out of the bloodstream, almost like a sponge. If you take a sponge and, and touch a dry sponge and touch it to water, how it sucks it up. Um, oh yeah. And then it holds this water. And then you either press into the G spot and that, that massages and pushes that fluid that's been built up out, the water that you just diffused from your arousal, or you have an orgasm. What happens with orgasm is the pelvic floor contracts and releases on its own, and it can squeeze that spongy tissue for you and push it out for you. And you can also have orgasms from clitoral stimulation and have squirting um, female orgasms. You can also um, squirt without having an orgasm, meaning... It depends how you define orgasm. I define orgasm very broadly. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of people describe it as always being the just like the pelvic floor contract and release, contract and release. Um, and I've experienced energy orgasms where my pelvic floor is not contracting and releasing, but it's very orgasmic energy, like in my yeah. sleep. Um, and so I, I would like to just kind of broaden that and say that um, female ejaculation can happen where you squirt or gush and it just feels like a nice release, but it doesn't ha be isn't always combined with the pelvic floor tighten and release. Um, so, and I've had, I think I I can access those really easily, really easily. Like I can easily, well, not right now. Right now, I'm kind of in like this turned off state, but it's pretty diverse in the way that it can happen. It can be hand in hand with the contraction of the pelvic floor, and also can be its own thing. What do you experience usually? Chip. So when I, it's a very different uh, for me when I have a, an, a, when I have this squirting scenario, so female ejaculation between that orgasm, it's more intense for me. And it, it really, my pelvic floor, typically I, I can feel when it's going to happen. Like I can feel the buildup and I'm like, okay, and I can turn it off. So I can like really contract my pelvic floor and turn it off and like release. I, I typically using the magic wand, which mm -hmm. is like a, a go-to. We just did a giveaway. If you're not following us on Instagram, we just gave away some magic wands. We're going to give away more. So follow us on Instagram because that's going to be next month. But that's like my ejaculation tool because it works brilliantly. That's how I learned how to ejaculate. I started doing my pelvic, my pelvic floor exercises and so I can release that but, and then contract my pelvic floor and then I know that I won't uh, release. But I've had a times where I can't control the ejaculation and it's happened. I, I don't know if I answered your question. I have a question. Is it possible? I guess anything's possible. However, is it possible to female ejaculate with penetration? Because I've never been able to achieve that like uh, – like, let's say PIV sex when you're having penis and vagina sex, uh -huh. is it able to have ejaculation from penis? Totally. Cause I've never been able to achieve that. In a it would be how. more so like the, the cock or the dildo or whatever you had inside of you was, is you're, ru you're rubbing it against the G spot. That's like that part where from the inside it's rubbing the G spot. And on the other side of the G spot is that spongy tissue mm. and, or the G spot kind of is that spongy tissue that surrounds your urethra oh. and you push it and it's can push it out, you know, like push that, that pressure can push it out. That's my new goal. 
so it's I think it's best accessed with you as the person being penetrated, you riding on top so that you can actually grind more like a grinding motion. Yes. It's not the bunny rabbit up and down thing, but more like a grinding motion. And um, you essentially rub the cock on your G spot to the point where you can squirt. Um, I have to have external stimulation though, like with the to have uh, an orgasm, a uh, female ejaculation, oh, to ejaculate too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like okay. in order for me to actually have with, the orgasm with the magic wand. Yes, yeah. I I have though with my partner um, had ejaculate without an orgasm. Uh-huh. Did I answer your question? By the way, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> because fine. I because for me they're very like I associate female ejaculation with orgasm. Orgasm okay. for me that they go so hand you in the hand. Muscle contractions to every time that you ejaculate. Uh yes yes okay because I can when I where I were kind of release the muscle I should say rather than contract it if I no, contract you you get the muscle like that, that thing where when you're having an orgasm the muscles do their own thing yeah where they go okay and then you feel that like euphoric pleasure that comes from that yes okay. Yeah. Um, tell our listeners how you learned to ejaculate. Because a lot of people ask that. They're like, huh? and I can I'll elaborate a little more, but how did you learn finally? So I had never, I had no experience. I didn't even know what that was back when I was in my, it was mid twenties. And I learned it was, I didn't actually, my first ejaculation experience was, I think I was 30 by the time I actually, so, uh, not very long ago, 29 or 30. And I started wearing because for years I had no, um, I don't no experience with, with pelvic floor training kegels, really anything I didn't know. So I started doing kegels after I started working at peer pleasure and learned about pelvic floor health. And I bought some at the time they were, I think they were Luna beads from, Lalo. Lalo, yeah. And I would wear those, which are their their weighted balls. Like everybody probably has heard of kegel balls out there. And if you haven't been wall balls, they're pretty scientifically proven to help train your pelvic floor. They're like adding weights. And that I think built my muscle. And I was using the magic wand, the plug-in wand to the wall, one day with my ex-husband. And all of a sudden I just like fully I, cause I was contracting my muscle, contracting, contracting, contracting my pelvic floor muscle and using the toy outside. Um, and he was just playing like with the toy with me. And then all of a sudden it was just, I released the muscle mm. and then it, I, this, it all just came float flooding out. You opened the floodgate. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. But I was embarrassed because I have so much shame about wedding to bed. Uh, wedding to bed. Yeah. And because of like, I, of how my childhood was, with peeing to bed until I was like, yeah, I don't even know how old. Late like, bed weather. Like six or seven. Yeah. So I was super ashamed. I was like, oh my God. And, and my ex-husband was like, what do you mean? This is so, that's amazing. Like, that's amazing. You can do that. And was really supportive. And I was like, really? But then I'm like taking off the sheets and I'm like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, why am I saying this? So I think it, I link it to, and I know you're going to have a great educational piece for everyone, but I think that it was from doing my kegels and really contracting my muscles and then releasing and then contracting while using the external toy, which was really pleasurable for me, um, that helped me have my first orgasm. And now I still can't gauge 
when exactly it's going to happen because sometimes ejaculation will happen and I didn't expect it at all. And sometimes I expect it to happen and it doesn't. And then sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. I know it's just very irregular and mm-hmm. hard to, it's really hard for me to, to regulate it. Well, I think there's a lot involved that you can't control, like hormones. Oh, yeah. You know, and then there's like stress and whatever, however you're arriving energetically and emotionally. Yeah, if you've had a lot of wine, then then it's hard to ejaculate um, because you're dehydrated. So you have to be really hydrated. So there's a number of factors that come into play. Um, And as you say that, I'm. I'm thinking about how I really like haven't been doing a lot of kegels lately, so maybe that's playing. But it really yeah. just it really does feel like like for you know for you you had this experience of opening the floodgates, and this is what happens for most folks. They don't ejaculate. They want to ejaculate. They try to ejaculate. It doesn't work. They eventually ejaculate, and all of a sudden they can ejaculate for a, a long time or forever or whatever that is. And it's like you your body has to have the experience of knowing what it's like, yeah, to fully surrender and let go in that way because it's. To re- almost like it's not indescribable but it's challenging to just learn how to do it because it's, it's almost like letting go of a muscle that you don't even know you're holding on to for sure I, it's funny that we're talking about this episode or talking about this particular situation this episode because just the other day I m- met someone that was like oh you're from the shameless sex podcast I have a question how can I ejaculate? Like it was uh, oh, just like a fan. This is out for there. you, fan. <laughs> and I was kind of going over this with with her, and uh, it's it's. I just said it's a learn. It is a learned thing, and then once you learn it, you can tap into it and do it again mm-hmm. and again because you kind of like you figure your body kind of figures it out. So it's that's lear- a great point. It's like learned in the sense that your body needs to learn. It's not your head, right? It's not like right. your head being like, okay, so I do A and then I do B and then I do C and I can ejaculate. It's like your body needs to have the experience and then once it knows, then you can do it. And so what April's saying is uh, that I think is really valid is the um, the kegels and getting that muscle structure and also just so that you have more control over your muscles. There's that piece. Number two would be to really make sure that you feel really safe and relaxed. If you're not relaxed, you're not going to be able to ejaculate. It's going to be really hard because part of the ejaculation is this letting go of any sort of tightness in your pelvic floor that's holding the fluid back. Like any sort of clenching or kind of clamping is not going to allow the fluid out. And so you have to really fully relax and therefore safety. And if you're playing with yourself or playing with someone else or other people, you want to make sure that you feel really safe there. And then part of that couldn't be the conversation around what do we do if the fluid comes out, you know, or if you're freaked out that what if it's pee, you know, that whole thing, like what if it's urine, what do we do? Which it usually is not urine. It's pretty hard to, you uh, know, when you're using the bathroom, you know, when you're peeing, like, you know, it's, it's a, it's like a quick hard flow. It's hard to stop when you're in the middle of it. It looks different. It smells different. It's different. And all the ejaculators I know are like, no, it's very different from what when I pee, it's very different. So it's um, pretty clear. Yeah, it's clear. And sometimes it can leave the sometimes there can be color, too. It's, it's different all the time. It, it totally it is different all the time, but it's totally never been uber dark. Yeah. I mean, or like you just had some B vitamins and now there's a whole bunch of like bright, bright yellow. neon <laughs> Gatorade looking yeah. mess in your bed. You're like, yeah. damn it. The fascinator. I'm telling you, get the fascinator. Yeah. The waterproof blanket. Is, yeah. yeah. It's really helpful. Um, and, and so, yeah, and then of course being really hydrated is another important component. Um, and so if you're freaked out though about those things, like April said, the fascinator, or you can lay down some dark colored towels, although they don't necessarily absorb all of the fluid and just start to play and explore. And the thing about that, about this part of your body is that 
there's the urethral sponge that goes around the urethra and, and the G, you know, then there's G spot on one side. On the other side is the bladder. And so when you press into the G spot, it can often feel like someone's pressing into your bladder and your first instinct is like, oh God, I'm going to pee. I have to pee. When really what that can be is an indicator that you're actually about to ejaculate. So if you're freaking out and you feel like you have to pee, then maybe go pee and then come back and keep doing what you're doing. And you might be right on the precipice of ejaculation. Um, so, and the same, uh, same also applies to like prostate play. We're not going to do a prostate play on this episode, but, um, the G spot and the prostate are actually embryologically the same mm. tissue. Uh, prostate is actually located in a male body, body individuals asp. In the bum. <laughs> in the bum. In the bum. In the bum. And one of the last pieces I'll say, and this is just the cliff notes version of how to ejaculate, um, is that when you feel like you're getting close to ejaculating, like, it's like April said, you described it that sometimes you can feel that it's coming on, right? Mm-hmm. If you bear down, like you push out as if you're trying to push your genitals out to the floor or like as if you're maybe trying to push urine out or something, um, it could actually um, uh, instigate. You know, I just had a moment of conf- wondering if I just confused that with anal play. Because <laughs> with anal play, if you bear down, yeah, I think I just totally swapped them. I never, I never bear down. Yeah, because I th- now that sounds backwards. If I you were to bear down, if you were doing female ejaculation, you were to bear down. You, I wonder if you would actually, you would actually maybe potentially push urine out. So um, I can try it next time and tell so you. Yeah, try that. Scratch you want that. To do an experiment. With, so with anal play, this is the thing with anal play. God, I am tired. If you bear, <laughs> if you bear down in anal play, bear down like pushing the genitals out to the floor. It actually can make it easier for you to have something go inside of you, like mm. a butt plug or a, a cock or something. Yes. So I'm, but I think with a jack, I'm switching them. So scratch that, everyone. I'm not going to edit this out. I'm going to own my mistake. <laughs> April, try bearing down next time. See what happens. Well, there's still information in that, so it's good. Yeah, just scratch that piece. But there's Im- important parts. Like there's the relaxation part is really important. Trust and safety. Um, and hydration and pelvic floor strength. And I can say something to the tune of that. When I was having my single, you know, fun with a lot of fun partners and I was getting wild, I was, I won't say I was unable to, I was unwilling to ejaculate. It never even came up because I wasn't comfortable. So it took until I was in a regular partnership again for me to just kind of ease in and really tap into my body. So For all those folks out there, maybe that are ready to explore that. It's all about really just releasing and getting out of your head and getting into your body, as yeah. we always say. I ejaculated with my, on my my very first orgasm that I ever had. I can't believe that. I know. Very first orgasm I ever had was with a, a little vibrator. It was the, actually by Vibratex. It was their uh, water dancer. Yes. It's great little one speed, really powerful vibe. I don't recommend it as your first vibrator. Though, Is that on Pure Pleasure Shop? Yeah, we have a Pure Pleasure too. It's Water an old dancer. school, but an oldie but goodie. But it's it's small and it has these three prongs on top that are great for clitoral stimulation. But I don't, if, if it's your first vibrator, I recommend something with multiple speeds so you can start with the lighter speeds because this was like starting with a pretty strong vibrator. And I used it and I squirted it in my very first orgasm. And I, I kind of knew what it was, but I was also like, what the fuck? And I think I squirted for a couple of my first ones. And then I kind of turned it off uh, subconsciously because it freaked me out a little bit. And I didn't understand it. And then when I was 20, that was when I was 18. When I was 25, I um, started this like sexual relationship with someone um, where they just like milked the shit out of my G-spot. 
and and I squirted again. It, they turned it back on. And then from that point on, then I could squirt again pretty easily or or gush really easily. Um, and so I go in and that's like the beginning of the phases of in and out, in and out and how easy it is for me, myself in my, my mind or my subconscious to turn it on and off based on experiences. Mm. So, um, your, your mind and your mental state and your emotional state really have a huge, um, have a huge, play a huge part in the, the process and the experience. One time I, I ejaculated so much. I was almost like, there was like. Oh, you know those chalk lines when people die? <laughs> they like outline their bodies in chalk. That's wait. I was I ejaculated so much. There was uh like it was it would it puddled around my legs and you could see the outline of my body. Like I think I've had that happen before. And it was so there was so much. I was it looked like you could see exactly where I was sitting, down to my legs and my butt and my back. Like there was a full heart shaped imprint of where my butt was. That's a good sign of a, that's a great sign of a good session, in my opinion. Oh yeah. But I was like, damn it. I need to go do the laundry now. <laughs> so have you, okay, so since you're a newer jacket, I just have one last question, but, and then we'll answer the, sec- the sex question. Have you ever um, ejaculated with someone that wasn't down with ejaculation? Where they were like, oh, weird. No. No. Never. No, I, I, because this is only the second partner that I've had an ejaculation experience with. Okay. Uh, I will say that I've never had anyone. Shame you? No, eat my ejaculate. Oh, like try to drink it? Yeah. Mm. That'd be kind of hot. Yeah, if they want it like all over their face. My partner said he's had ejaculate before. Yeah. I was like, not mine. Not mine. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for... I was not actually even thinking you that, but that's at me. <laughs> no, I was nope, just... Nope, was nope, nope, not me. <laughs> I totally was just nope, saying man, that out pajamas. loud. You're like, it wasn't me. <laughs> nope. I was like, oh, because, oh, P.S., I don't know if I told you this, but I no longer am a cum swallowing virgin. <gasps> you finally swallowed. Yeah, that's where it came from because I was like, well, it's not like because I was actually some friends were shaming me a little bit for a, a, a mutual good friend of you and I was uh, mutual, shame not for not swallowing for not swallowing cum ever, and they're like, you need to do that, and I was like, I don't need to do anything, <laughs> and I was like, it's not like you've ever swallowed female ejaculate. And he was like, yeah, I have, and then my partner was like, and I have too. I was like, what? And then I was like, well, that's not the point. The point is, is that it will happen, but it has to happen organically. So now it's happened organically two different times. And you know what I did that I thought was a really good, the ejaculate doesn't, totally doesn't taste bad. However, the texture is a little hard for me. It's a little, yeah. But it was hot. Like it was totally fun and I'm no longer, so I've, I've swallowed cum two times now. You were 35 now? And actually my partner... <laughs> 35 and just swallowed a jacket. 36. First time. 36. 36. My partner was so funny. We were having sex and then he pulled it out and stuck it in my mouth so I would ejaculate to I get love, me to do it. I love that trick. That's a good trick. I didn't know that was coming. You and didn't? I was like, oh, I was trying to find out. I was like, what are you doing? And then he... <laughs> <laughs> so it was like all over my face. Oh my God. Uh, were you money shotted you? He, well, he was trying to get it in my mouth and I was, fi- I didn't know it was coming. So then I was like, and then I like was like, oh, this is what's happening. So then it all happened. The cum swallowing. But it, with it, that. So this is a good experience. <laughs> it was a great experience because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a funny one. <laughs> a lot of information about me on this episode. Yay. <laughs> Let's go back to the sex question. All right, anyway, sex question. So we're <laughs> stop talking about April now. Thank you for sharing all of your. I'm gonna make sure that uh, this episode maybe the mom gets doesn't by- listen. Gets bypassed by the mom and maybe the partner. <laughs> he doesn't listen. 
I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Okay. Um, now we're changing gears, everyone. Um, that was. P.S. I love um, your gnome sticker on your. So they're fighting over the fun cups. Yeah, they're fighting. There's, I have a sticker on my water bottle of two two gnomes fighting over a menstrual cup. They're really funny from Fun Factory. Yeah, those are. That's. I was like trying to figure. out. I was like, she have two gnomes on her cup. They had these stickers. Uh, all these like, like. Gnomes are like know. their thing. They love gnomes, and they're all these like male-bodied gnomes that were all loving on each other and hanging out in martini glasses. And they might be. I don't oh, know. Why don't I get any stickers? Fun factory. I don't know, but I have some extras if you want them. Okay. All right, everyone. Sex question. <clears throat> so this is not about ejaculation. The end of ejaculation. Can you tell we're tired? It's been a long. I'm day. not that tired. I'm a little tired. Yeah, I can tell you're tired. Drink more wine. We've talked about this on past episodes, but if you have sex questions that you want answered immediately or just want sex advice or relationship advice, there's a really awesome app called Juicebox that is available for your iPhone. And it's a coaching app where you can actually work directly with coaches um, on your sex and relationship stuff. And I'm actually a coach on there. Um, I have a limitation on how many clients I can take, but there's a possibility that I could work with you. Um, and if not, if I'm full, then you can work with someone else. And it's really affordable. Um, they answer your sex and relationship questions. And so we give you support um, within 24 hours. And you can actually get a five free day trial if you use the coupon code SHAMELESS in all caps to sign up. So just go on to the um, iTunes store and download the juice box app and you can get your sex questions answered right away because we don't always have time to answer every single sex question. We get a lot of them. Okay. So hi ladies. Sex question. I had to have a full hysterectomy at 22 due to PCOS. Uh, I probably know what that is, but I'm not. Oh, and, and, and endometriosis. I know about endometriosis. Um, at 25, I'm finally hormone-free. No birth controls, hormones, or other additives to my body to regulate me. I am just in full menopause. And it's really not that bad. So full menopause at age 25. And this is a female-bodied individual. I have been with my spouse for six years, and we are currently living in separate states due to work responsibilities. I've been trying to rediscover myself and my body, and it's been a trying time with everything that has happened to me medically at such a young age. It also impacted my relationship with my spouse. We are working to communicate what is what it is that we want sexually and in the relationship, though it's not always easy. The distance really impacts our relationship, and we only see each other at once a month. What do you recommend for navigating these issues over distance? So question one. Question two is... Um, Coming up in a second. My spouse has said that many times through our relationship, especially after the hysterectomy and the medicines went away, that he wanted to have more sex. Now it's even harder, and I feel a huge pressure to be everything he wants on the weekends we do see each other. Are there any retreats, classes, or books that you would recommend to help us? And lastly, some praise. Thanks for your advice. Any advice that you have, just listening to you all has helped me so much. I have tried... A bunch of different things to get to know myself and my body. Again, the fact that I'm listening to you, talking to my spouse about things I could never say out loud before and entering this side of myself has been has made myself, my spouse and I so happy. And I bought my first vibrator. Yay. Anyways, so questions. What do you do over this distance? How do you navigate these um, trying to figure out who you are sexually and what you want sexually and in the relationship when you have distance and to... There's that pressure factor when you are together and then the, your partner wants a lot of sex. So it feels like there's this pressure to have a lot of sex 
Um, but you're actually not asking a question about that. What do you do about that? You're asking, are there any retreats, classes, or books that we recommend? Um, we have a, a section on our website. I think it's under resources. That is book links mm-hmm. that we put up there. That's true. For various links to books that we like. Um, and they're based on in different categories. Um, so let's see. In terms of connection in a partnership, there's a lot of retreats and things available out there. I don't know where you live. Um, and it depends on what it is that you want to do. Uh, the Gottman Institute, if you go to Gottman.com and you go up in or go into their events section, they have something called the Art of Science and Love, which is a couples workshop, and they do them all over the country. They travel all over the country and do this. Um, so this is more so about love and communication and relationships and working together, which probably is would be a good foundation for them. Yeah, right. Because that's a big part. You have to communicate a lot from afar. Their touch isn't always on the table. Communicating is everything when you're in a long distance relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So that could help you build the foundation pieces. So they have these I think they're just day longs that are all over. Maybe it's two days. Um, but they're all over the country, so you can go look at that. And they they've done a lot of really great research and work for couples and relationships. They're that's like their thing is. Um, is that G O T M A N? Yeah, G O T T M A N. G O T T M A N. And then another thing would be if uh, you uh, are into tantra, um, source tantra, which is Charles Mears and Leah Alchin, they do Tantra. They're based out of um, Boulder Creek, and they do Tantra. I think they do, like, Hawaii, West Coast, and East Coast retreats for Mm. couples. Um, So if you want to learn more about that, it's a really great way to learn about just connection and how to touch each other in ways that are slower and softer and eye-gazing and breathing together and slowing down. And um, they have a lot of really great information on that. So if you go to sourcetantra.com, you can learn more about those retreats. And he's like the grandfather of Tantra. He kind of helped well, make it more mainstream, though. For, yeah, of mainstream like Western, right. the Western world. He's been doing Tantra for a long time. I would say that... Um, he's in his I, 80s, I believe? I th- somewhere. He's he's like... I think I might, he might be 80, but like the way that he moves and... It, because of his tantric practices is what I what I think people would say is that he's in like in his you know early sixties, but he's mm. not in his early sixties. So he's yeah, and he he knows his stuff. I've taken his workshops before, and, and Leah is amazing too. So definitely worth checking out. Um, and lastly, if uh, you want to go to Mexico, um, there is a wonderful retreat by the Heart of Manifestation. Um, called Sacred Soulmates. And it's how to find your soulmate, but also how to flourish. And this is for singles and couples. Um, And it's a retreat that will be in Mexico in November. Um, We've had um, folks from the Heart of Manifestation project, yes, on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, It's Lisa. Yeah, Lisa and Cher did the... um, the Heart of Manifestation episode. Mm-hmm. And right. then uh, Lisa's partner, Chris, did the Be Empowered um, Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu for Sex and Self-Defense episode. And they're all going to be p- facilitating this retreat in Mexico in November. So um, definitely go check out sacredsoulmates.com to learn more about this retreat. Um, and this is if you want a little getaway with your partner and you can... Or a solo getaway. Yeah, this is also for singles too. This isn't. Yeah, you can go on your own. It doesn't have to be just in a partnership. So there's there's some recommended recommendations for retreats. Um, all right, Chip. So let's go to the first question. Oh, well, I I do want to comment on that piece about um, there the pressure 
you know, now you feel pressured to have a lot more sex because your time is limited so when, in the, because they said they want a lot of sex. When you're together, it's like, oh, my God, now we have to have a lot of sex. Um, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And, and I so think taking that pressure and not having may, maybe if you're if you have three days together, have a connection day where you can just fully immerse yourselves in each other's beings without uh, making penetrative sex a part of it. Right. And, yeah. and just even be like, Hey, let's take sex off the table and let's just connect by touch. And it doesn't even have to be sexual touch. It can just be a nice, it can be sensual touch or yeah. it could be uh, an embrace or, and just connect with your breath or connect with conversation. And then maybe it will lead to that, but have no goals. I think that'd be a great start. Yeah. And then maybe day two be like, Hey, let's do this fun activity together like but not outside with like each other's bodies like we're painting on our bodies or something kind of playful yeah i like i like that i wonder if it would feel less pressuring if you know if it was an agreement that now that you're spending three days together yes you'll have a lot of sexual connection but it didn't always have to be penetrative sex right like if it could just be like caressing of the skin or like, you know, dry humping or kissing all over the body. And sometimes just taking sex off the table and I'm like, hey, we're not going to plan any sex this weekend. Let's do all of a sudden you want it even you more. You want it even more. Yeah. And you're both like, damn it, can we just oh, have yeah. sex? Just put your and sometimes down, just that alone is is kind of hot. That's yeah. like what happens, I think, um, when you when I've done and what I've done in the past with my ex husband was, uh, the dry hump. We talked about it before, but where it's like, Nope, can't take your clothes off. Let's just dry hump each other. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Where and you're like, can't have sex with me. People miss that a lot. They miss like just making out or dry humping and yeah. things. So yeah, I think that's a good, I mean, if you're, if you're interested in this, having this conversation with your partner, just telling them, being honest. Yeah. You know, I know that I, I'm not saying that you're pressuring me necessarily, but I'm feeling, I'm pressuring myself and I'm feeling pressured and I'm wondering if we can work together and make some sort of agreement and as I to what sex can look like and open it up to be more diverse so that I feel less pressured. Again, you're not pressuring me, but I'm feeling pressured. And I'm sure, Amy, you've had that before where you know you're leaving on a trip and you're like, oh, my God. Or I, I know I can't speak for you, but I'll speak for myself where I'm like, I'm leaving on a trip. I'm going to be gone for three weeks. I should be having sex with you right now. And I do that to myself yeah. where where with my partner, like, why aren't we doing this? I'm leaving. You're not going to see me. But it's like, but do I even want? To I know. I'm like, yeah. I just put that pressure on myself. Like, well, we should be doing that because we're not going to be together for a while. So why wouldn't we? Mm. And that's something that I've done since I was 18 with my first partner. Yeah. If there's some weird, weird conditioning yes. there that's getting in the way when it deep down, if you really thought about it. What you probably wanted some other connection more than and sex. Maybe you can. Maybe what would be a really cool idea to do together next time you're together, since you hopefully you're in a long distance relationship and you're you know being sexual with the media. So meaning like you're using media or I guess videos and and things to communicate with each other, so you can see each other and you're like masturbating together. But maybe masturbate uh, individually. Ooh, I love mutual masturbation. Mutual, but oh, mutual. Not, oh, you mean not together though in no. the same room? Individually in the same room, mutual, mutual ma masturbation. Right, but yeah. don't masturbate for one another. Do it for yourself in front of each other. Mutual masturbation. Yeah. Um, that would be really fun. And then you could kind of talk about that the next thing, like, hey, let's get back because I know what you like. That could be a really fun way to spice things up because that's still sex, but with yourself, but next to the person that you love. Yeah. So. It's almost sounded like a Woody Allen quote. Really? 
Does he say, don't knock masturbation, sex with someone I love? Oh. <laughs> people, people are hating on him because of all the controversy. Oh, I controversy. know. I know the Me Too stuff, and his he's married to his daughter. Yeah, his stepdaughter? His adopted daughter. Adopted daughter, yeah. Yeah, and then his like real daughter. It was consensual. They've like, been together forever. I'm well, not going to make any opinions about that right now. Off topic. Yeah, I'm not getting into that one right nope, now. Nope, nope. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the last piece, and then we'll be done. Um, so what do we recommend in navigating the issues over distance? So how, so rediscovering who you are as, as sexual beings and what you want in this relationship while there's distance. Yeah, that's really, really hard. But I think, again, with what we were referring to before, um, uh, one, having that foundation of skills to be able to communicate about what it is, what your needs are and um, to speak lovingly. And that those are skills. And so if you don't have those skills, it's going to be really hard to Check do. Check out our workshop that's coming out to this oh, listener yeah. because that'll give you some of the tools. Actually, it'll give you a lot of great tools mm-hmm. for uh, communicating with your partners and getting in, in touch with your deeper self to help you communicate. And there's lots of books too that you can start reading to help you. Yeah. The workshop we're hoping to have it launched in early October. Online workshop. Yeah. And the first, the first iteration will just be for women um, or female identified folks. Uh, But you could totally learn some things and take it home to your partner. Uh, But yeah, having the foundation for communication skills is really important. Otherwise, if you both don't have that, it's going to make that really hard because communication is your biggest tool right now in a long distance relationship um and doing your own work you know on your own and and really getting clear on what does my body want what does my body desire what are my needs both like emotionally spiritually um physically and then communicating those lovingly to your partner and uh and one of those needs for you probably is to um rework what the arrangement of when you're together and what sex looks like so that you don't feel as pressured because when you feel pressured it's going to be hard for you to be more present and to really enjoy the experience but um, getting that the foundation of those those skills for communication and then operating from that place and continuing the conversations with your partner creating sacred time probably too i don't know it's hard to do long distance but and if you're not big phone people then like April's saying with the videos, you know, fa- FaceTime or Skype, like scheduling at least once a week to have something along those lines where you're not talking about the everyday, like, what'd you do today? You know, talk about the real shit. And talk- also, I'm sorry to interrupt you, by the way, but when you're with your long distance partner, if it's via phone, have the TV off and really be present with them. Or the, yeah, don't be on your laptop. Yes, or- tune in. Yeah. Because I can only speak for myself again. I tend... To be double tap or multitask. Yes, yeah. I'm like sweeping the floor, vacuuming. No, not vacuuming because they would hear that. Yeah, totally <laughs> I'm totally doing stuff. I'll put in my earphones and fold laundry, and I'm like not totally focused. Sometimes That's I am, what, but uh-huh. I'll be online shopping while my uh-huh. my friends on speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, and and even with that too, it's if you're just talking about like what you did that day, it's that's cool. But like, if you really want to connect with someone. Talk about the hard stuff. Talk about the exciting stuff. What really drives you? What was like the highlight of your like heart's desire today? You know, like what really moved you today? What was really challenging for you today? Perhaps you can do some goal writing together, like while you're on, you know, FaceTime or not on the phone, but when you can like look at each other, like let's write down our goals, like together and individually and come. I don't know. I think those types of activities for couples, for partnerships are super powerful. 
Well, it's cool that we have this technology where we can actually see each other now. I mean, back in the day, that was not available. Have a shared Google Docs with your manifestations. Or you could do like the old school things were back in the day when they actually do handwritten <gasps> Write letters. letters to each other. Love letters. Oh, my God. My handwriting I kind of so want bad. a long distance pen pal. Okay, so April's address is <laughs> five 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 five. Uh, for real though, I used to write. I had I had like four or five pen pals when I was little. I loved that. Were they shit. in prison? No, <laughs> they were like in Japan. Really? Mm-hmm. Lucky. Yeah, pen pals. I forgot about that. I had. They used to pals. send me cool shit, like really good cookies. From that Japan? chocolate in the middle. You got cookies from Japan? Fuck yeah, dude. Did you ever get a I had the hook. You got a wow. I want one. Well, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure that you have some fans in This is the second time in 24 hours that I've talked about pen pals with someone. My my friend yesterday on the phone was like, have you ever gone back on your high school stuff and seen the amount of letters like we used to write each other? And I was like, no. She's like, I want a pen pal. And now we're talking about it. That's weird. That's a sign. So you need a pen pal. All right, I'm just gonna so start April, writing you letters yeah. up in your area. <laughs> Do you want to be April's pen pal? Yeah. Pen, but they're kind of like a mystery human. Usually, you don't know them. No, right? I knew all mine. You never met them though, did I, you? Yeah. Those the people in Japan. Well, she lived in the U.S. and then she moved. Oh, uh, okay. I just keep. Thinking. And then it was one of her friends. I bet you could find someone, a nice human in prison that needs a friend, and you could just start writing them. Female prison. Why female prison? Because I'm sure that if, well, I don't want to. You don't be think sure. your partner be you I'm sure that there might be a weird vibe if I'm running <laughs> to men in prison. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, just writing my <laughs> my prison pen. <laughs> he asked me for naked pics, but I told him I couldn't send. I'm not gonna do it. Oh God! No, I'm not gonna do it. I mean, it might, it might be the same in the female prison sector. However, I was just thinking about to empower women on some level. Ooh, I like this idea. I think that you just had a big breakthrough on what you should really be doing with your time. I think it's a really good idea. All my extra time. <laughs> she has no extra time. <laughs> All right, we're really uh rambling this one out. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call it a day. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's send them with one bit of empowering information. Um, okay. Get a present. Business present. <laughs> <band pal. laughs> no, I mean, I <laughs> folks in prison. I mean, just think of it. First of all, our prison system is fucked. It's fucked. Oh, up. it's the it's worst terrible. in the world. It's, it's terrible. So I'm, I'm actually being s- serious when I say, I would say I would write letters to people that were convicted for like marijuana growing or possession. I don't, can you choose the conviction? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking for a marijuana convict. <laughs> circa yeah. 1975. Yeah, but I mean, the humans are humans. And so I think that yes. if people, and people do time, It is supposed to be rehabil- rehabilitation. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Well, because they get... This is the thing about the prison system. We're just like cutting humans off from connection, hoping that they fix themselves. That's stupid. Look at what is happening with folks in the rehabilitation system in Sweden. It's a great example. They, if they have the tendency to, they, their crime is way lower and they actually treat uh, them like humans and they have therapy and they can go outside and, mm-hmm. and even convicted killers. And uh, it's actually quite beautiful. Um, that they probably have a really good pen pal system. They probably do. 
Anyway, so that's our that's our last. Oh yeah, a words bit of, wisdom. of wisdom empowerment. Okay, we'll do it for real. Um, I think there were lots of good bits of information in this podcast, even amongst our tired ways of our travel day. But we um, love all of our listeners. We y'all. love all of you so much. And, and you really you help us really love what we do every day. And thank you for for listening and tuning in every Tuesday because we do love you. We think of you often. And Ms. Baldwin, I love you. I love you too, Chia. All right. So y'all, we'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.